Christmas, uh, Christmas Eve Eve, I guess, is what we're going on here. Tyler already sending out the tip information. Remember, we are trying to collect $250 to get Tyler to have to sing the X-Men theme song from the animated show from the 90s. We're halfway there, folks. We're halfway there. So let's keep powering through, man, so we can, uh, so we can do that. I think I'm going to start making it Tyler's job to really push that because if we don't reach it by a specific date, Tyler does not get the money. How's that sound? Well, I really want to get it before January 5th, before this uh, Steam sale ends. Ah, yes. We'll chat a little bit about the Steam sale. Epic, has Epic uh, had any decent games? Because I remember the, the day one you were like, yeah, they're offering this thing up and it really it's not all that good. So, no. Right now, right now they have Vampire which was supposed to be a great game, and it came out, and it was disappointing. Aren't they all but supposed I mean, to be great games? Well, fair enough. But this one had a lot of hype going in behind it, and it came out, and people were really disappointed with it. But for the price of free, I will absolutely pick it up. Yeah, another thing we're going to get to as well is just how much um, Xbox Game Pass is provided in free games here in 2021. I have Game Pass. I was looking at my internet bill, and I was looking. I, I'm trying to track and see. I'm like, God, some of these months are just have insane usage. And I'm trying to think: Is my kid on her tablet more? Is my wife gobbling up a bunch of the internet? No, no, no. It was me. It was me. And it's when certain games would pop up on Game Pass, and I just downloaded everything. Probably not the best idea because I, I don't know if I've really played any of them. I played. Uh, I played uh, Forza Horizon 5. That was IGN's game of the year. Oh, Twitchy Twist. Thank you kindly. 20 more bucks right there. Appreciated. And, um, yeah, so you set your character up, and I didn't realize I did it, but I, I chose a female voice for my character. So there's this bald dude with a very high-pitched voice. And I was like, oh, I should change that. But then after I thought of it, I was like, ah, screw it. Just leave it. Let's roll with it. Let's break cultural boundaries, shall we? All right. What do we have coming up on the show today? We had a tweet. Uh, we had a clip from uh, Kim Salzer, the interview that we did last week, last Friday, that's uh, blowing up on the social medias. Because essentially nobody really knew that they were working on a Harry Potter MMO 20 years ago. And we're going to go through some of the responses because it's funny how people have responded to it. We're going to be looking at uh, what game are you looking forward to most here in 2022. I'm putting polls out on Twitter. And the interesting thing is it only lets you, uh, it only provides you four options. So essentially, I'm, depending on the, on the topic, I'm, I'm providing three options. And it's like, eh, something else, if you would like. I have learned if you uh, exclude big name titles people get very upset so i think i was mentioning this to tyler yesterday i'm going to come up with a uh a poll that's asking you what's the best first person shooter of all time but i'm going to omit call of duty um halo and battlefield and then see how people react to that because apparently that's what gets gets the clicks uh the twitch chat up and rolling everybody trying to be first looks like twitchy twist was first and then Padilla came in very slowly afterwards. 
Tyler's in there as well. Green-Eyed Ghost, Dave, what's up, buddy? So who, who here's off for the next couple of days? I like how I immediately got distracted from the show rundown, and I'm uh, distracted by the chat now. But if you guys want to get involved in the chat, you're more than welcome to do that. So we'll talk about the most anticipated games coming up 2022. Again, like I mentioned, we're going to talk about the Xbox Game Pass and just uh, how much money it essentially, if you have it, um, it, how much money and free titles you got. I guess not technically free because you're paying for Game Pass, but you get what I'm saying. A Diablo argument ends in a shooting. It's funny that you sent me that story, Tyler, because I, I earmarked the same story. We're on the same wavelength, brother. It's so messed up, dude. Yes, 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 yes. And it seems pretty par for the course for the kind of crap I find myself on the internet recently. God, I gotta stop. I need to, I need to, you know how he's talked about like a palate cleanser? I, I need, I need to go back to certain subreddits as palate cleansers because I started this one. It's crazy fucking videos. Oh my God. This is like some of the worst stuff on the internet and I, I can't stop. I'm a psychopath. Mara, hello. Saying hello in the Twitch chat. Um, Apex Legends, it looks, uh, looks like they're going to start having a region lock to kind of solve some of their server issues. This is something that I think I had mentioned a couple of times on the stream, but we never really did a deep dive into it. We don't need to do a deep dive into it now. We're just going to cover the story. But Royal 2 was busted for ping cheating in Halo Infinite. And uh, GTA Trilogy players, you're going to get an extra game. You get your choice of, I think it's, what was it five options, Tyler? That sounds right. I think it was five. Yes. One of which I played all the way through. It was one of the games that I actually played front to back. Uh, entertainment news. More Americans actually want to want the new movie releases in their home, not in the theater. James Franco has broken his silence on his sexual misconduct allegations. Michael Keaton is going to reprise his role as Batman. And uh, we have Flash movie details. In sports, it's pretty heavy on the COVID, man. If you guys have noticed... If you play fantasy football at all, you are going to need to track this stuff, man, because COVID is definitely going to win or lose somebody their fantasy football title this year. A buddy of mine who, who's in the league that I, uh, that I run, he had sent me a message because one of his big wide receivers this year was Chris Godwin. Well, Chris Godwin's out with a torn ACL, so he's like, oh, my season's over. And I was like, dude, you're going to like follow it because, it, it, you know, Everybody's going to be, you know, pinged with COVID. And, of course, he also has Tyree Kill on his team. And, so, and Tyree Kill got put on the uh, COVID list. We're going to do an update on all the COVID information, what we have. Goddamn Austin Eckler. Ugh. Oh, Dave in the uh, chat says Matrix was pretty good. I, th I think I'm going to try to watch that when I'm on uh, kind of technically vacation. I still haven't decided if I'm gonna stream from Portland or not. I keep telling Tyler that we're gonna set up the one PC at his house to stream, but I, I just I might just take the week, I don't know, because I'm gonna be cooped up at my mom's house. I'm there taking care of her because she's having a hip replacement. It's supposed to snow while I'm there. And uh, it's kind of nice to just hang out at the house. I'm not gonna lie, she's got a nice good house. Other sports stories, we have Vincent Jackson. Um, they do have this cause of death. Uh, it was apparently chronic alcohol abuse. Um, and some sports reporter, I think it was a sports reporter, he made a very interesting comment about Cooper Cup and Julian Edelman comparing the two. And literally the only reason people compare those two is because they're white. 
So I'm wondering if he's going to get bashed on that at all. Oh, my God, Evan, crazy am I the a-hole. So it's kind of Harry Potter-esque today, considering we're talking about that tweet that we sent out with the, the clip from Kim Salzer, CMO of Original Gamer Life, talking about um, how they were working on the Harry Potter MMO. I have an am I the a-hole. This is, this is just a headline. We're going to get to this later. Am I the a-hole for yelling at my mom that I hate Harry Potter and to let me live my own life? I had to bring the volume up at the end there because it was all in caps. And my favorite Christmas movie, Christmas Vacation. We have some details about Christmas Vacation that maybe you're going to want to go through. So maybe as you're watching it, uh, either tomorrow and Christmas Eve. Although technically, if you're tuned in from Australia right now, it's already Christmas Eve. That's something I added to my phone today was I went through and I added all the different time zones because working for Original Gamer Life and Strong Node and Tokyo Labs, which are all, you know, it's all under the same umbrella. People are all across the globe. They're in Tokyo. They're in the Philippines. They're in London. So I was like, in order to organize myself to know what time it is for certain people, I uh, downloaded a time zone app. So now I'm able to actually... Uh, um, kind of just open up my phone and see what time it is so now i know what time it is for shim and i think right now for shim it's uh 6 13 in the morning coming up over on the strong node twitter if y'all would like to see all the amazing stuff we have going on we're doing a strong node and original gamer life um fireside chat talking about the stuff that we have going on with the company i'm telling you, original gamer life this thing is dope we're building a platform, we're building a game where you can earn crypto by just playing. I mean, that's it. So we're going to have all this really cool stuff to, uh, over there. So that's going to be at 2 o'clock Mountain today. So that's in about an hour and 45 minutes is when we're going to be doing that over there. You're not going to hear a whole lot of me. So just be forewarned there. You're like, oh, I'm going to go listen to how Brandon sound like an idiot when it comes to crypto. Ah, well, it's smart people take these conversations. I'm just there to record it. But on that note... Let's get the show kicked off today. Yesterday, I sent out the uh, the tweet about um, EA backing out of their Harry Potter MMO that they were working on. Now, again, this was like 20 years ago. This wasn't, oh, five years, 10 years ago. This was 20 years ago, right around the time the first movie was coming out. And they didn't know if Harry Potter was going to have more than a one to three year shelf life. So they scrapped it. They had a beta version of it. They did all of the research. All And it... it it, the way that Kim talked about it, it did make it sound like it was going to be more kid-oriented. But think about that 20 years ago, man. And it's so funny because as I go, I shared it over on the Harry Potter subreddit, not the actual Harry Potter one. They, like, they get, it's one of those weird subreddits where they're, they somehow have an attitude. But it was the, like the Harry Potter game subreddit which i think is mostly all about um hogwarts legacy right now and i shared it it got decent traction it wasn't terrible but then this one dude reached out to me and he was like hey i wanted to share your post over on the games subreddit i had never even looked into the games subreddit i was a part of the gaming subreddit but apparently the games one is the big one not so much of an idiot i am so this person shared it over there um and eventually, the reason they reached out to me was because they wanted to share the post, but unfortunately, um, the games subreddit won't let you share a video. And that's what my post was. It was a video. So they just shared my tweet that had the video in it. And it's got 
7,000 upvotes at this point, and almost 1,500 comments. Now, here's what I want you to guys uh, I want you guys to do in the Twitch chat. Can you come up with what you think the majority of the comments are in regards to the post? Now, again, here's what it says. EA was in the process of developing a Harry Potter MMO, but scrapped it because they didn't think Harry Potter had longevity. So jump in the Twitch chat and let me know what you think of these 1,500 comments on Reddit are mostly about, because they're almost all wrapped around the exact same thing. And it is interesting how many people are, are, are assuming timeline and stuff. And I did, I left that open-ended and I fought with that when it came to posting this, whether or not I, would speci I was specifically going to put in there. And this is where I'm still, you know, you know, social media, no, like as much as somebody like, hey, social media expert, there are people out there that are really smart about it, but a lot of it's still trial and error, finding out what works. I think I did six different versions of this video, all with different kind of things and, and sizes and text. Frank says, Muggles, that's how it's spelled? No, that's not what it was about. But it, uh, it's funny, the, the top answer on the board was somebody was talking about how if this was around 2010 to 2011. Well, no, Kim was with EA from 2000 to 2003. The tweet that I sent out from my account, too, also got picked up by a bunch of uh, publications as well. NME ran a story on it. Uh, I think Game Radar ran a story on it as well. It's amazing how they can write, like, two full pages of stuff from a video that has very minimal information. I wish I had that talent when I was working at Town Square Media because there was like, Your, uh, articles need to be 250 words, otherwise Google is not going to recognize it as an article and it's not going to get shared. So you have to write a minimum of 250 words. And one of the most hilarious things that Buzz ever did, and he did a lot of funny things when I was working on that morning show, but one of the funniest things he did, he would never be the person who actually would post his stuff because that was actually... That would be asking him to learn new technology, and that would, that's never going to happen. So he would write the articles in a Word document, and you would always see him at his computer counting the words because he didn't know you could select it, and it would give you the amount of words that are selected. And nobody told him because they were like, it's way funnier when he has to do it that way. But this one, he had this uh, a video or something about the show, and it was a decent post, but man, trying to squeeze 250 words out of this thing was like damn near impossible. So what did he do? He recited a poem that he knew by heart. Or he, I'm sorry, he wrote a poem that he knew by heart that he had to recite in like the seventh grade. And so he just typed that out. And they yelled at him for that. And they're like, you can't do that. That's copyrighted material. And he's like, but I'm referencing the fact that it's not mine. And this is where Town Square Media would just be a pain in the ass about that stuff where and where Buzz is right, he's like, I'm not saying it's mine. I'm not saying I wrote it. I am, I'm actually referencing who put this in there. You get bent, bent out of shape about that crap. So anyway, Tyler did give it away in the uh, Twitch chat there. I'm glad he did because nobody else typed in there. Nobody had a guess. But it's EA equals idiots. Of all the places that this has been shared, this tweet... Let me go check out. Let me uh, my uh, just on the tweet alone. You see here, it's all about how. Oh my God! If if EA had done this, 
One person says, in my opinion, this is a good thing. EA would fill it full of loot boxes and get even more children hooked on their particular brand of gambling, like their sports games. Somebody else said, who is making these huge decisions at EA because they are clearly not qualified to make these calls. They get 90% wrong. Somebody replied with something about uh, Matrix Online. And I haven't been able to fact check this or not, or not. But it says here, fun fact, you can see the uh, evidence of this from around 2003 in the Matrix Online executable, uh, online executable in the code with SOE servers. I noticed this recently and couldn't actually find any mention of Harry Potter Online around the internet. And there's Harry Potter in there. They couldn't find any mention of Harry Potter online. They can go to um, Origin Systems Wikipedia page, and it's mentioned there. I've seen articles from about back then. Harry Potter. Yeah, like this was not. So we knew that Origin Systems was making a Harry Potter online game, and that they were owned by EA, but we didn't know why it got shut down. Well, this person apparently was able to go through all that code in uh, Matrix Online, but not Google properly Harry Potter online <laughs> hold on let me drink some water people need to work on their Google foo uh, um, so I also tweeted out and this sparked quite the controversy apparently I said what game release are you most looking forward to what game release are you most looking for? God damn it, Brandon. I used most twice. God. That's why I hate doing things fast. What game release are you most looking forward to most in 2022? That's, I, I actually typed that crap. And it was a tie. There's three options, and then also I gave one for something else. So there was Breath of the Wild, which is the new Zelda game. God of War Ragnarok. Starfield. And then something else. Tyler, which one do you think... Uh, or which two do you think tied? Two tied. They tied. Uh, Starfield and what were the other? What was the other option? So you had uh, Zelda: Breath of the Wild two, um, God of War: Ragnarok, Starfield, and something else. Okay, something else and Breath of the Wild two. I'm gonna say. No, those actually uh, were neither of the ones that tied for first. It was God of War: Ragnarok and Starfield. <laughs> wow. So somebody commented on it. Zerizia, I'm assuming. I'm guessing on that name, although they might be here because they uh, they did uh, start following me over on Twitch and on Twitter. And the response was, and I, the only reason I could I, like every time I read this, I just envision or I hear Stewie's voice. How the hell does Eldering not make your list? You know what I mean? Shaking my head. So honestly, it's only given four options. And I figured Elden Ring could, you know, fall into that something else category. To which they responded, ah, okay, I didn't know that. I don't own a PS5 and have had zero luck. So I gave up on God of War for now. And then uh, they also make some two very good points on here. Also, I'd, I'd be shocked if Starfield comes out this year. It's a weird game to put on the list. I think Breath of the Wild 2 has a good chance of coming out this year. I, I could have sworn I saw an actual release date for that. I thought it was January. We're going to look into that. He said, but only two games on the list are confirmed for 2022 as far as I know. 
So Starfield does have a release date of November 22nd, right? Yes. Okay. So it does have a release date. Well. Yeah, but um, the way games been, get it delayed. Can be pushed. Yeah, and we, I mean that thing's almost a full year away. Actually, it's uh, ten. It's you know just under eleven months now. But that's one of those situations where I'm finding that you know on Twitter, piss people off, man. And people wonder how you know why other you know people get in trouble on on Twitter. It's because when they're uh, going through this crap, they realize that being controversial or making a stupid ass comment gets clicks, gets likes. I'm not sure that I care enough about the clicks and likes to actually go down that route. I would rather have the content speak for itself. But call me yeah. crazy, right, Tyler? I would yeah, and I would also think that. Well, I call you crazy all the time, but I think Breath of the Wild is probably more anticipated. I just think that people who play Breath of the Wild are less likely to be on Twitch, to be honest with you. Or Twitter. Be Twitter, sorry. <laughs> they're probably going to be younger kids who are, you know. Kicking our ass at Rocket League right now, waiting for <laughs> Breath of the Wild to come out. Exactly. And also, what was Other? Yeah, I'm surprised Other didn't get, because for Other, that category can encompass everything. Yeah, it's, it's, all, it's all of them. But... Um, yeah, it was, uh, I mean, it was pretty evenly keeled. Uh, God of War and Starfield had 26.7% uh, of the vote. Breath of the Wild 2 came in second with 24.4. And something else oh, is right okay. behind it, 22.2. So, I mean, it was almost even, even Steven. Because they're all right around 25%. Gotcha. But now we can roll right into the most anticipated games of 2022. And it's funny because I just try to pick random articles that might mention something that either I haven't heard of or I hadn't thought of when it comes to certain things. And this one comes from ask.com. It says it was updated here December 20th, 2021. And the first one on the list is Blood Bowl 3. Tyler, familiar with Blood Bowl? I am familiar with Blood Bowl. I'm amazed that this is on any sort of most anticipated list for 2022. Well, it says here there's a final, uh, uh, there's a, a fantasy football pun somewhere in here. Blood Bowl 3, remember Bud Bowl, uh, is the latest. That's what they should make is an actual Bud Bowl game. Get on that crap. Man, they made a Burger King game for crying out loud. Anyway, uh, Blood Bowl 3, it's the latest installment in this satirical series. For those who don't know, Blood Bowl is the unholy love child of Warhammer and Madden. Did it start as a video game or did it start as a, a tabletop game? It's a tabletop game. Okay. It makes fun of American football, which is hilarious. So it's a British company, and they're doing a riff on American football, and then there's an American company that does a riff on soccer, basically. Hey, I like that. Dying Light 2 makes the list. We could best describe the first Dying Light as an open-world zombie drop-kicking simulator. You know what makes the list here, Tyler? And I wish I would recorded this earlier when I was mentioning to you, because I told him of the 16 games that are in this one list, Elden Ring did not make it. Because Tyler was like, really? That makes no sense. It won most anticipated game of the year during the Game Awards. So, Oh, and that dude um, on Twitter uh, tweeted at me because he, he did mention that. Crap, where did I? I had that right here somewhere. He mentioned it to me where he said um, something to the effect. Oh, because it was, yeah. The original tweet came from Play Only, and it said Elden Ring uh, awarded most anticipated game. And uh, so he responded. I'm assuming it's a he. Um, 
underneath that said, unless you're uh, the Brandalorian. Just a joke I couldn't resist. Which I, no, I was like, yeah, that's touche. It's well played. Well played. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to like this person. Hopefully they, they show up and join us over here on Twitch. Final Fantasy 16. Do they do a Final Fantasy almost every year? Um, no, not every year. Almost every year. Almost every year, yes. Okay. This is one franchise I, I really do not know a whole lot about. I know that there's diehards for it. It's one of the greatest franchises ever. Would you say it's the greatest franchise ever? Oh, boy. Uh, I don't know if I'd say it's the greatest franchise. Well, it's definitely one of the greatest. I'd have to actually give it some thought. You know what? Damn it. That's a good pull. That is a good pull. Leave Final Fantasy off of it. I totally should. Get those rage clicks. Yeah, oh my god. Holy crap. The grift is real. Yeah, yeah, it just blows my mind. How when you upset people, they get so bent out of shape. But anyway, it says here that Final Fantasy 16 says that, uh, yeah, God, you go back to Final Fantasy 12, sold well over 12.8 million units back in 1997. Shattering sales projections and setting new records in the process. 2022 may be another huge year. As two highly anticipated Final Fantasy games are slated for release. So you got the two. Remember, I asked you if they do one every year. This year, you're getting two. You had Final Fantasy 16 and Stranger of Paradise Final Fantasy Origin. Both look to be action-oriented installments. Next one on the list, you have uh, Ghostwire Tokyo, one of the most anticipated games here of 2022. And this is the one I've heard a lot about. God, I, I worked with a guy who was obsessed, obsessed with this game. The only problem is I don't have a PlayStation, God of War Ragnarok. Now, obviously, he wasn't he wasn't obsessed with God of War Ragnarok because it hasn't been released yet, but the original God of War, this dude just absolutely... He was one of the, the promo guys at the radio station I worked for down in Florida. So, you know, you'd go spend two hours. Oh, God, this is what I got to tell you. Not working in radio and not having to go stand in a parking lot for nobody to show up is, I love that about my life now. It still blows my mind that companies pay to have radio stations do a remote from their place for to, for two hours. It's, I don't know. I do not understand how anybody ever gets their uh, ROI on that, their return on investment. I don't. But anyway, so this dude and I would spend two hours, and he would spend two hours talking about God of War. I was like, dude, I don't have a, I don't have a PlayStation. Sorry. Anybody who's a fan of the uh, Batman Arkham series, Gotham Knights, going to be released coming up this year. Uh, looks like uh, they just have the release date listed as 2022. So essentially, they've taken a lot of the mechanics, and one of the things that you were never uh, able to do with any of the Batman series or Batman games was co-op. And that's what they're doing here, where you can play uh, Batgirl, Nightwing, Robin, or the Red Hood. And again, coming up in entertainment news, we're going to have Michael Keaton is reprising his role as uh, Batman, coming up in the Batgirl movie. More anticipated games of 2022, Horizon Forbidden Forest. This game looks, the, the visuals of this game look amazing. It's going to be coming to the PS4 and the PS5 coming up on February 18th, 2022. First one was really good. The first one was? Oh yeah, man. You can. You, there are basically electronic dinosaurs that you can ride. Dope. It's amazing. 
Kirby is still a thing. Remember that pink guy? I used to be obsessed with Kirby because, well, my favorite baseball player was Kirby Puckett. So I immediately, obviously, related those two things together. Named one of my dogs Kirby. After Kirby Puckett or after Kirby the game? Kirby the game. Well, you have Kirby the Forgotten Land coming up in spring of 2022. Then, of course, you have The Legend of Zelda Breath of the Wild 2. I could have sworn that I saw a an actual release date for that. I, 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 I'm probably wrong. Yeah, Pokemon Legends Arceus. I'm guessing on that. It's the Pokemon God or something. Is that what it is? And then we also have Saifu. This is uh, this is one I see. I keep seeing pop up on a lot of lists. It's the Chinese word for master, as well as the uh, next title by Slowclap, the French studio that brought us Absolver in 2017. Just like Absolver, Saifu is all about martial arts. Player will take control of a young fighter who gradually evolves into a martial arts master with time. So there's some of your most anticipated games of 2022. Pretty sure I left a whole bunch off the list, but we got to get moving along here as we do need to get to our gaming news. All right, gaming news. If you have Xbox Game Pass, guess what? You have had access to a ton of games. Xbox Game Pass added over $6,000 of games in 2021 alone. And I only downloaded like three quarters of it. At least according to my my internet bill. It says here, a new report claims that Xbox Game Pass added over $6,000 worth of games in 2021, potentially proving the belief that the subscription service offers some of the highest value for money on the market. Throughout the year, Xbox has added day one releases, including Forza Horizon 5 and Halo Infinite, as well as older classics from previous Xbox consoles, many of which have been enhanced with FPS boosts for the Series X slash S. And they just recently started the whole uh, cloud gaming as well over on Xbox Game Pass. It says here, according to a report from The Loadout, the value of new games added to Xbox Game Pass in 2021 totals about $6,317.35. An impressive figure when compared to the $15 a month users pay for access to the highest tier of the service. Yeah, that's it. And they have different services as well. There's there's a console-specific one, there's a PC-specific one, and then there's also one that encompasses both. The report notes that March offered the most value for players with the month's Game Pass editions totaling almost $1,000, $964.67, in part due to the company's acquisition of Bethesda and subsequent release of a number of Bethesda classics on Game Pass. Again, that's something I'm going to go through. God, I really need to go in and look at this. I got to figure out how to not be a vampire in, in Skyrim anymore. I don't want to. I don't want to go back to a previous save point. Ooh, would that be something worth streaming, Tyler? My um, my trek to become not a vampire anymore. It could be. I'm sure there's a lot of people in that game who haven't done it yet. Well, I'm going to do it, damn it. Because it sucks, man. It's like, oh, I'm in the daylight. Now my health won't regenerate, and there are all these things I can't do. And it's like, oh, you can turn into this demon thing. That demon thing sucks. 
you know, there's mods that make it not suck. Yeah, well, I'm playing on Xbox. Oh, that's, yeah. PC Master Race? Exactly. Although, one of the things I was going to start doing, so essentially, I, I've played PC games through my life, but I've mostly been console. I had an original PlayStation. I had a PS3. I've had the Xbox, the 360, and the One. I haven't gotten the new uh, Xbox yet, though. That will be something that comes in the future. But um, I, I need to I need to download Halo Infinite to my PC, and I got to start learning the keyboard controls. Like if you if you've seen anything, like if you go go back and watch Tyler and I playing It Takes Two, holy crap, it's frustrating watching me play. Because I'm just, I'm not used to that. I'm not used to those buttons yet. With that, Dan, was that that toolbox, Tyler? That was just messing us up? Yes, holy crap. God. We need to play that again so bad. Yes, yes, we definitely do. All right, next story here. Argument over Diablo loot ends in fatal shooting. Whew. All right, here we go. On Friday, December, uh, Friday, December 17th, Joshua Spellman of Amboy, Washington, appeared in Clark County Superior Court accused of second-degree murder. The 36-year-old Spellman allegedly shot and killed 34-year-old Andrew Dixon, his friend of 26 years, following a heated argument about an incident in a game of Diablo II that the pair were playing. In an interview with detectives, Spellman said he, Dixon, and a third man were playing Diablo 3, or I'm sorry, Diablo 2. Both Spellman and Dixon were playing the game from separate places on the same property. So this is where, like, already you're like, whoa, what? Like, it feels like there was just, like, a compound with with buildings, almost. Like, you know, somebody, they got, like, a shed, like uh, Groundskeeper Willie. Dixon apparently became upset with a random player when a random player entered the game and stole a valuable piece of loot that the party had, had not collected. The game should have been password protected, but it wasn't. And the affidavit says Spellman told detectives that Dixon began yelling, name-calling, and cursing at him. I assume that when any any anytime anything goes bad in uh, in video games, yelling, name-calling, and cursing is pretty much par for the course. So it goes on to say here, Spellman said Dixon's rant went on for three to five minutes and he told Dixon he needed to calm down or he was going to get shot. Spellman took his gun from beside his computer. Oh, don't wait. That comes back in this one. You read this, right, Tyler? Yes. You read, you read the whole thing? Yes. So this comes back to that. Spellman took his gun from beside his computer and went to the main house on the property. Uh, both he and Dixon lived in smaller houses on the same land. <laughs> I mean, I hate to laugh because somebody lost their life, but holy crap, dude. Per the affidavit, I asked him why his pistol was next to his computer, and Spellman replied, Why not? This is America. Let that sink in. While walking between the houses, Spellman fired the gun into the air before entering the main house. He apparently spoke to his father inside the house before Dixon also entered and verbally 
remonstrated with Spellman about the earlier threat to shoot him. Per the affidavit, Dixon closed the distance between the pair and Spellman shot him. Twitchy Twist said, should be next to your bed. Well, it says he's in a small house. Maybe his next to his bed is also next to his computer. Dixon was shot in the torso and was taken to the hospital where he underwent surgery but died from his injuries. Jesus. Senior deputy uh, prosecutor requested Spellman be held on $2 million bail. Arguing a seemingly minor incident resulted in someone being shot and killed. Judge set Spellman's bail at uh, $750,000 and he's scheduled to be arraigned coming up on the 29th. Boy, there's one for you. Dude's got to be a sociopath. Like, he's got to be. God, I, man. I've had more run-ins with guns than I would I would care to even think about sometimes. Like, when I was younger. And maybe this will be, this could be a topic for another day. Like, I know, I know I've talked about, on the stream, I've talked about when I had the one dude who thought I slammed the door in his face and he busted through and he got pissed at me, so he shoved a, a loaded gun into my neck. There was a, this, this kid. We were all partying. And, and this, and, and essentially, uh, we'll go into more detail later because we're supposed to be doing the gaming news. But there was this one kid. We were all partying. We were all playing drinking games. And this one kid got upset. And he was like, I'm going to go get my AK-47 out of my car. And like, okay, loser, whatever. And he fucking did. He had it underneath his seat. And he like he showed it to me. We were outside. He's like, yeah, check it out. Because I went out to go calm him down. I'm like, dude, you got to relax. Like, chill. And he was just, he's, he's the, he was the quintessential person that should never own a gun. But anyway, back to gaming news. We'll talk about that later. We have the Steam sale, Epic sale. Tyler, is there really anything of note when it comes to the Steam sale or the Epic sale that we have had so far? Hell yes, man. There's so many games on sale right now. I'll just name just a couple. So, Tales of Arise, the RPG of the year, it's 30% off on Steam. I couldn't find it on Epic. Guardians of the Galaxy is 38.99 on Steam. And it's the same on Epic, but on Epic you also get the extra $10 off. So, if you're looking to buy a game, definitely go check out Epic first because they have the same prices as Steam, but on top of that, they're also giving you that $10 discount. Yeah, you also need to um, keep donating. As you'll notice on the bottom of the screen there, we are up to um, 145 bucks. We're looking to do 250 for Tyler to sing the X-Men theme song from the 90s animated show. So if you can tip in there and we get to 250 you not only get that, but then uh, if we do this, when, is the, when did you say that the, the Steam sale ends? Was it January 4th? January 5th January at 10 a.m. Pacific. So it might as well be January 4th. I was going to say, he's got it on his calendar, ready to roll, man. Like, he, he, because essentially, I mean, he doesn't, he doesn't get the whole lot of the money, but he's going to get a major portion of this cash, and he's, he can, he can purchase games. Yes, I'll buy games that we can stream. It's the giving season. All right, moving along here. we got to power through this gaming news. Respawn might add region lock to Apex Legends to fix server issues. It's really interesting how servers are just... I mean, obviously with you know cloud-based gaming and online gaming and everything else like that, but a lot of the stories that are, are keep popping up, and we'll get to another one here in a minute about servers. But it says, over the past couple of years, Apex Legends was released. A dedicated ranked mode has served as an incentive for players to continue to return to the Battle Royale. With each new ranked split, gamers have a new goal to reach as they strive for the highest rank, Apex Predator. 
While moving up the competitive leaderboard is often a fun challenge, server instability has threatened to sap some of the enjoyment out of the experience for many fans. Over the past few seasons of Apex Legends, players have dealt with frequent issues regarding servers, especially in smaller regions. One of the problems affecting an abundance of gamers is lobbies being flooded with high ping players. Like, would that be Shim? Doesn't he have a ridiculously high ping when we play uh, Rocket League? Uh, that's like I mean, 250, isn't it? Yeah, I wouldn't say ridiculously high, but it is pretty high. Fortunately for those impacted by these types of servers, it looks like a possible fix is coming in the future. In a collection of tweets from December 21st, Respawn Entertainment addressed server issues impacting uh, numerous players in the Apex Legends community. In the message, the developer outlined plans for improving server stability in ranked mode. In order to solve the problem, it proposed a possible region lock. According to the developer, the goal of these changes are to keep lobbies at a lower ping. By doing this, the game studio aims to improve the competitive integrity of online matches at the higher levels of ranked play, which leads us right into the next story that has to do with Royal 2, who got busted for using a third-party software to essentially fix the game so that he would have the best ping out of anybody playing. It says here the Sentinels member was accused of using geofiltering. Hi, I'm Wolf. Thank you for the follow. Appreciate it. This is a method that removes certain servers from consideration when matchmaking. While Infinite automatically determines the best server to use for all players, removing them with geofiltering can cause abnormally high ping for players as well as lobby connection issues. The complaints were made from rival players after the Sentinels' final match during the North American kickoff qualifier that took place over December 1st and 2nd. Which happened to suffer uh, happened to suffer a four-hour delay thanks to connection issues. HSC officials dug into Royal 2's logs and discovered that only one of seven U.S. servers were available on the matchmaking list. After replicating a well-known geofiltering method, they found that the data matched that of Royal 2's exactly. He was found to have been utilizing the method between November 26th and December 3rd, with officials declaring it a modification of files in direct violation of HCS rules. Hey, if you ain't cheating, you ain't trying, right? Absolutely. Well, Royal 2 is now suspended until January 28th, 2022. Officials also nullified the Sentinels' placement in the championship, knocking off points and pulling them from their place in the top seed. The Sentinels also won't be able to run with any of the players used during the cheating, which means they're unable to participate during the Raleigh event, though the rest of the roster is eligible to compete in the open bracket. Way to screw it up for everybody. I mean, it's kind of a clever way to get an edge over your competition, even though it's clearly cheating. I was, yeah, unless you get caught. All wow. right. <laughs> so I had a history teacher who's, who told us in high school, he said, if you can cheat without getting caught, I don't care. But his whole point was... He's going to catch you. But if he catches you, yeah, if he catches you, then you're screwed. Interesting. I was just thinking about that. I was doing my Duolingo this morning. And I was thinking about the Spanish classes I took when I was in high school. We were. Uh, did you have requirements for a foreign language? Yes. Was it how many years or how many terms? I don't remember. I want to say ours was two. I think it was two years you had to take. And we didn't know squat. I never learned squat. I learned more hanging out with my family, and I still don't know squat when it comes to Spanish. I'm trying, though. That's why I'm doing my Duolingo. But it just reminded me that the teacher left the test on her desk before everybody had to take it. 
So somebody swiped it. They scanned it. We copied all the answers, and we and we we all game planned too. We were like, "Look, man, don't don't get a hundred percent." Like she knows we're not that smart, so intentionally get stuff wrong. So I think I got myself a a low A on that one. It's not a proud a moment. Low A. You know, you're 16, 17 years old. Man, we had a, I had a Spanish teacher who told us <clears throat> just one day she looked up like she was teaching us and she looked up at all of us and she says, she said, you know, I could be lying to all of you and you would have no idea. <laughs> <laughs> so that's a great teacher. We used to drive ours nuts, man. It was myself, my buddy Scott and my buddy Jeff were all in the same class. Did you have to take a Spanish name when you were in class too? Yes. What was yours? Tico. Tico? Tico. I was Paco. I was Paco. Scott was Pablo. And Jeff was Nicolas. And, God, every day in class, you'd hear, Paco, Pablo, Nicolas. Because she was trying to be sweet while we were being just complete a-holes in the class. Like, uh, Jeff was the one that came up with the, hey, I'm going to start humming. And when she calls me out for humming, one of you guys pick it up. And then when she calls it, and it's just going to be this continuous hum, and nobody's going to know where it's coming from. Like, you're not going to tell. So he starts, mm-hmm. and then she'd be like, Nicolas, and then I'd pick it up. Mm-hmm. This is what we did in class, man, and we wonder why we had to cheat to pass. But anyway, back to the gaming news. We keep getting distracted here. GTA Trilogy owners can grab another game for free. Rockstar's GTA Trilogy Definitive Edition, which has just had raving reviews, right, Tyler? People are so in love with what they did with these, right? Um, I'm just going to agree with you to move things along. Well, I was being sarcastic, so. Yes, I realize no, that. No, they, they, they effing hate it. It's, I mean, you just go to, like, subreddits and stuff that involve it, and it's, it's, it's some of the most hilarious content you can find. But anyway, so they have this. Says now players who own the trilogy on PC can pick up one free game from a pre-selected list on Rockstar's website. If the games don't tickle your fancy, you can grab a Great White Shark card for GTA Online of 55 gold bars or Red Dead Redemption Online. Games-wise, here's what you can pick up. Grand Theft Auto 5 Premium Edition, Grand Theft Auto 4 Complete Edition, Max Payne 3, L.A. Noir, or Bully Scholarship Edition. Of those five, is there one that you would pick, Tyler? Uh, Max Payne 3, just because I've played and beat the rest. So you played L.A. Noir as well? Yes. Did you find the interrogations in that game completely pointless like I did? No, not completely pointless, just really weird. Yeah, well, I mean, it was no matter what, you were going to get the results you needed. I don't know. Yeah. I, I, I really enjoyed the game. It was a nice open world. I thought it was very well done. Obviously, I enjoyed it if I finished the darn thing. But yeah, it just felt like some of it was meh. Well, I, the but you would pick up on certain things during the intake. Like, did you find the secret sex room when you played? Uh, I think I did. Well, the only way you could have told that, that there was a secret sex room is if you were paying attention during those interrogations. Or cheat. Or cheat. Like uh, Royal 2, right? Yep. All right, moving along. All right, it's time for your entertainment news. 
It says here, the majority of Americans say they would rather watch new releases at home rather than in a theater. This isn't really a, a new, new story because this actually comes from uh, the very end of October, so it's a little over a month old. But we obviously learned that during the COVID-19 pandemic, you know, with movie theaters, they were starting to ship a lot of these titles to us on streaming services. Now, if you had the option, Tyler, and I think it would be movie-specific, don't you think, of what you want to see in the theater and what you don't? Yeah, I think so. Depend on the type of movie. Like, for myself, I wanted to see Spider-Man in the theater. I bought how the, uh, Disney Plus will do those uh, premiere releases where you're able to check it out. Um, whatchamacallit? Uh, like Black Widow and things like that, but you pay, I think, 30 bucks. I did that with Black Widow. It was released in the theaters as well. I was like, yeah, I'll just buy it at home. There's no need in wasting the money. That was one of those ones that my wife was, eh, you know, I'm fine not seeing it. Or if I do go see it, I'm probably not going to be paying that close of attention. Spider-Man, on the other hand, man, she was in love with that crap. But, and I don't mean crap like it was a bad movie, if you know anything about me. I, I loved Spider-Man No Way Home. It was great. But that kind of a movie, yes. While I am uh, on vacation, coming up in about a week or so, I'm stopping and thinking about The Matrix. Because it was released on HBO Max. And I'm kind of thinking, okay, so is this one... That I would feel like I would, like, it would be cool to see in the theater, I think. But this, I'm actually perfectly fine with um, watching it on HBO Max just in a living room. And I think that the ratio between movies that I would want to see in the theater compared to at home, at home way outranks in the theater. Like, it, would, it takes a lot for me to want to go to the theater. Newsflash, movie theaters, we don't need 30 minutes of trailers. I've seen all of those trailers. Get to the goddamn movie. So not only am I going to be invested for two and a half hours in this movie, but then I also got to sit through the half hour of trailers. So you're gobbling up three hours of my time? When if I can watch something at home, I don't have to watch those trailers. Or if I want to watch them, I can watch them. Oh, by the way, Doctor Strange trailer. How did I not put that in? Did you watch that at all yet, uh, Tyler? Did you see it? The trailer, yeah. Yeah, the trailer for Doctor Strange, uh, Multiverse of Madness. It was a lot of the footage that they had at the end of um, uh, Spider-Man, No Way Home. That was the end credit sort of scene. Yeah, Twitchy Twist, he says, say it again, Brandon. 30 minutes of BS. I, it's, it's commercial. Look, I already have my food. I'm not going to get up and leave. I got my popcorn. I got my soda. I don't need to have that passed on to me again I don't need to see the trailers over and over and over again it's like come on man like we did go and see West Side Story in the theater I enjoyed it I thought it was great I'd actually never seen it before the play or any rendition of a movie or anything I didn't really know what happened I knew it was the Sharks and the Jets I knew that but I thought it was decent but that's again that's one I would have been perfectly fine with seeing at home but there is something about going to the movie theater. Now that they have the comfortable seats, it's just, it's, it's, it's still, it's overpriced. And we don't need 30 minutes of trailers. And this article seems to kind of sum this up, that, that most people are agreeing with this. But not by a lot. 
The question was, when new movies are released simultaneously to theaters and streaming services, how do you prefer to watch them for the first time? 56 of those polled said they preferred to stream at home, while only 44% said they preferred to see the same film in the theater. I like how this article threw the word only in there, as if 56 and 44 is just not even close. You know what I mean? I mean, I would understand if it was 80% of people said that they would see it at home and 20% said they would rather see it in the theater. Then you could use the word only. There's another poll. Let's just start doing polls, man. We'll call it the poll show. People love polls. Yeah, see, and then if we do that, people will think it's a stripper show, right? Oh, man. The poll show. God, we're coming up with gold today, Tyler. Just gold. You did forget something, by the way. I forgot something? You forgot something. I mean, just one thing? Yeah, I was hoping I had a. I got another one up here, but I, I specifically ha- uh, I'm wearing a bracelet on my left wrist today for a very specific reason to remind me of this. And see, with the lights, I don't think you can read it. It's not going to focus. Can you see what that says, Tyler? Uh oh, the beard struggle. <laughs> You're right. I did forget. So Tyler's been adamant. Like I, I the whole time Tyler's been helping me produce this this on Twitch. Um, we've never had a sponsor really discussed sponsorship in any way, shape or form. And I randomly mentioned earlier this week that, yeah, you know, I, I, you know, I have a promo code with the beard struggle. If you use Brandalorian at checkout, you get a discount. And Tyler's like, why haven't we been talking about this? Like he seemed genuinely bothered that I, I'd never mentioned it. Well, to become a brand Viking, it wasn't super difficult. Essentially, all I did is I just sent them my social medias with the amount of followers, and they came back, and they were like, yeah, you're in. Like, here's your access, and let us know what your promo code is, and when you sell something, you know, we'll, we'll tack it onto your account or whatever. I don't think I've ever actually gotten paid money. I've gotten free products out of it, which is great, because here's the funniest part. It's actually a really goddamn good product. Like, it's really good. I, ha- I went through upstairs... After we talked about this, and I started looking at all of the other beard oils and shampoos and conditioners that I've used through the years, and there's like 15 up there that have different varying levels of usage, because most of them I wasn't, it was like, you know, like it'd make your beard feel oily or greasy, or it'd make your skin break out, and they just weren't good. And the beard struggle is one that has worked, and I continue to use it. So if you want, go to uh, thebeardstruggle.com. And use promo code BRANDALORIAN at checkout, and you're able to uh, get yourself a nice little discount there on really, really good products. I specifically patterned that for you, Tyler, so that we can uh, isolate that later, and I can send that to the beard struggle. Awesome. <laughs> so remember that. Mark the time. Right, uh, It's right around 55 minutes of the recording. Smooth transition now, talking from the beard struggle to James Franco, breaking his silence on sexual misconduct allegations. After four years, he blames addiction and being completely blind to power dynamics. Now, here comes the interesting question. Because he, he did some creepy stuff, right? Like, he was, he, wasn't he sliding into underage girls' DMs? It would be uh, better of yeah. me to have prepped that first, but here. Yeah, I haven't been really paying attention to James Franco's struggles. 
So it says, for the first time in four years, when sexual misconduct allegations against James Franco first came to light, the 43-year-old actor is speaking out about his past behavior and offering insight into what have might been lying underneath. Radar attained a portion of a, a transcript of Franco's interview on Sirius XM's The Jess Cagle Podcast, Cagle, which, would, <laughs> which won't debut in full until Thursdays, that's today during which he explained how his various addictions to alcohol and sex played a role in how he operated. While Franco did not go into detail about the specifics of the claims against him, he did admit that he was completely blind to power dynamics as well as to people's feelings. As for why he waited so long to address the allegations publicly, he insisted he needed time to absorb, process, learn, and grow. As for why he chose to speak now, he said Seth Rogen's public distancing made him realize he doesn't want anyone to have to speak on his behalf. That's one of the things that was um, popping up frequently here over the past week was was Franco talking about how Seth Rogen is essentially just, you know, they were they were inseparable. They were best friends. And now they're Franco or uh, Rogen came out. And he's like, yeah, I'll never work with him again. Franco said in 2018, there were some complaints about me. And an article about me, and at that moment, I just thought, I'm going to be quiet. I'm going to pause. Did not seem like the right time to say anything. There were people that were upset with me, and I needed to listen. The actor went on to reference a writer from whom he claims he learned the following, quote, when something like this happens, the natural human instinct, instinct is to just make it stop. You just want to get out in front of it, and whatever you have to do to apologize, you know, get it done. But what that doesn't do is allow you to do the work and look into what was underneath. Like whatever you did, even if it was a gaffe or you said something wrong or whatever, there's probably an iceberg underneath that of behavior, of patterning, of just being blind to yourself that isn't, uh, isn't going to just be solved overnight. It continues to talk about how, you know, substance abuse and things like that that were essentially the, um, the things that led to this. And let me hop on over here really quick so that we can get into the actual allegations on James Franco. Yeah, here it says uh, in 2014, a 17-year-old girl posting screenshots of alleged messages between her and Franco on Instagram. The messages showed that Franco, then aged 35, tried to meet her in a hotel room after she told him she was 17. He sent mi uh, multiple pictures of himself to prove his real identity. Franco admitted on Live with Kelly and Michael that he had written the messages, though his actions were legal since the age of consent in New York is 17. He was the subject of media backlash because of the wide age gap. He initially responded to the scandal by tweeting, I hope parents keep their teens away from me. Thank you. And there's a whole lot more under this bag. So this led me to the wanting to have the conversation here. When do we forgive? And what is forgivable? Do I have the answers? <laughs> Hell no. But if we don't talk about it, we're never going to figure anything out. And actually, I found this article of idolized celebs who did terrible things in real life. Like when you stop and think about Dr. Dre now, most people would say that they love Dr. Dre. Right, Tyler? Yeah. 
and he's referenced this. Obviously, it was referenced in, is that Role Model? Uh, Guilty Conscience? What the hell is the song where he's battling with Eminem? Anyway, in 1991, D. Barnes had the audacity to criticize Dre's group NWA on her Fox TV rap video, uh, rap video show called Pump It Up. According to Rolling Stone, Dre picked her up and began, began slamming her face and the right side of her body repeatedly against a wall near the stairways as his bodyguard held off the crowd. After Dre tried to throw her down the stairs and failed, he began kicking her in the ribs and hands. She escaped and ran into the women's restroom. Dre followed her and grabbed her from behind by the hair and proceeded to punch her in the back of the head. Dre's reasoning for such unhinged violence against a, uh, a female critic? People talk all this bleep, but you know, somebody bleeps with me, I'm going to bleep with them. I just did it, you know? Ain't nothing you can do now by talking about it. Besides, it ain't no big thing. I just threw her through a door. Well, ain't nothing you can do now by talking about it. Yeah, there's a lot you can do now, actually. It can help us solve these issues. Now, remember, I'm not an advocate of cancel culture. I'm not. I think cancel culture has gone too far. I think that by not providing people the opportunity to change and grow as a human being is actually more detrimental to society than outright canceling them. You're pushing them away more. That doesn't exactly. make any sense. People, there. we've gotten to the point where politicians and celebrities, they just, it's a detriment to apologize. They might as well just double down on the lie or whatever behavior. Yeah, essentially. Here we have uh, Jay-Z from crack dealer to CEO. Some might argue that Jay-Z is the modern incarnation of the American dream, but one man's dream is another man's nightmare. Don't forget that in 1999, the hip-hop mogul was arrested for allegedly stabbing record executive Lance Un Rivera in the stomach at a Manhattan club. According to the New York Times, Jay-Z approached Rivera at the club and accused him of pirating and bootlegging his yet-to-be-released Volume 3, Life and Times of S. Carter. A fight broke out, and according to court documents, Jay-Z stabbed Rivera more than once in the back with a knife and slashed his abdomen. Jay-Z pled guilty to third-degree assault and was sentenced to three years probation. Jay-Z reflects on the incident in his 2010 book, Decoded, saying that he was blacking out with anger. The next thing I knew, all hell had broken loose in the club. What about Mark Wahlberg? Everybody loves Mark Wahlberg, right? Marky Mark. Seems to be a pretty decent dude. Well, before he was the funky one-hit wonder and underwear model turned actor, Mark Wahlberg grew up rough in the Dorchester neighborhood of Boston, Massachusetts. By the age of 13, he had a cocaine problem, and by 15, he was reportedly a virul virulent racist. He threw rocks and spewed racial slurs at black fourth-grade school children in 1986, reported a smoking gun, and it ended up getting a lot worse. According to Thought Catalog, one year later, in a single day, he knocked Than Lam, a middle-aged man of Vietnamese descent, unconscious with a stick while calling him Viet Vietnam effing S. And on the same evening, punched Vietnam native Hoa Trinh in the face. After being brought to the scene on the first charge, Wahlberg told officers, you don't have to let him identify me. I'll tell you now, that's the mother effer whose head I split open. 
He also reportedly lobbed racial slurs during police proceedings. He spent 45 days in a correctional facility. There's a whole lot more on this list, man. And I'm not bringing this up like I have any answers. And I'm not bringing it up to attack anybody in particular, like Dr. Dre or Mark Wahlberg or anybody like that, to be like, oh, let's remember these things so we can cancel them now. It's not the point. The only thing I hope you take away from this part of the show, this part of the conversation, is like what Tyler says here. Forgiving others is about your own mental well-being than the others, in my opinion. He says, forgive, but don't forget. So when do we forgive? When do we give that second opportunity? Has cancel culture gone too far in the sense that if you do anything wrong, if you say, um, you know, the N-word or you're, you, know, you do anything, or like a, a picture surfaces of you doing something horrible from back in the day, should you be canceled now? Again, my opinion already is that you should not be canceled because to me, canceling people doesn't benefit anybody. If we don't have open dialogue and discuss these things and talk about them, we're never going to grow from them. Excuse me while I uh, come off my soapbox. Uh, a rainbow ah. to shoot across over your forehead. <laughs> do, 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 do. Right. Crap. I. Where the hell did the story go? I thought I had it here in all of my. In all of my stuff. But essentially, eh, real quick, Michael Keaton's returning as Batman, ladies and gentlemen. For the movie Batgirl, he's returning as Batman. We'll get to that one real quick because we really got to start powering through this thing. I'm running out of time. The Flash, everything we know about the upcoming DC movie. Have you liked any of the DC movies, Tyler? Um, I'm sure there's one. just can't think of it right now. Of course, when I say that, it's almost like I completely alleviate any of the Christopher Nolan Batman movies, right? Like when you say DC... Oh, yeah. Most people immediately go to Justice League or Batman versus Superman or Wonder Woman or start something like that. And they completely ignore the fact that uh, Christian Bale and, and Christopher Nolan did an amazing job on those movies. So The Flash is going to hit theaters coming up November 4th of next year. It's going to be available to stream on HBO Max 45 days later. The director is the same guy that did the uh, Stephen King adaptations of It and It Chapter 2. That could be hit or miss. It was good. The new version, It Chapter 2, was one of the most discombobulated messes I think I've ever sat down and watched. And it was only because I was on a plane flight and I was committed to finishing this damn movie that I finished it. So really quick here, what's the story The Flash takes? It's inspiration from the classic Flashpoint comic books in which Barry uses his powers to change history. In this movie, he travels back in time to prevent his, uh, to prevent his mother's murder but in doing so, enters a multiverse in which Keaton's Batman exists. Oh, look at them opening up the multiverse. Have you ever watched the, uh, the Flashpoint cartoon, Tyler? No, I don't think so. That's something that DC does very well, is their animated versions of movies. They do that fantastic. And the Flashpoint animated movie, so good. Which, of course, brings me to the point that I make quite frequently, is the fact that the Flash would lose in a race to Superman. Superman is super everything, right? He's got superpowers. He's super fast. All of these things are super about him. So one would think that he has super compassion. So if he has super compassion, the one thing that he wants to do is make sure that 
the Flash doesn't have the one thing taken away from him because if Superman is faster than the Flash, what can the Flash really do? Because then Superman can do it all. But his super compassion doesn't allow him to beat the Flash in a race. There's your hot take and your uh, promo for today, Tyler. Write that down. One minute, eight seconds. <laughs> All right. I think that does it. Is that? Yeah, that's it. That does it for uh, the entertainment news. Uh, we got to move real quick here. There is a website. As we move on to our sporting news, it's called sharpfootballanalyst.com. Or, I'm sorry, analysis.com. And they have a full list of all of the different players who have been placed on the COVID-19 list throughout the whole year. When they were added to it and when they've been removed from it or if they're still on it. Because we are at a point now, man, where, oh, every, I mean, every team is getting hit by this stuff. The Baltimore Ravens have an absolute ridiculous amount of people. If you go through and you count it, Dating all the way back to December 14th. 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, 11, 12, 13. 14 people still on their COVID-19 list. Buffalo Bills, uh, that was one that kind of hit over this past week. Cole Beasley, the wide receiver, he's going to miss the game against the Patriots this weekend because he was one of the uh, staunch anti-vaxxers. So he, he's not going to have the ability to come back. Um, Chicago Bears. It doesn't look like there's really any names of note. Although, no, I take it back. Andy Dalton, he is on the COVID list as we speak. Allen Robinson was put on the list back on the 16th. Has not been removed yet. Oof, Cleveland Browns. Same thing, man. It's like it's like half the team. I couldn't even go through everybody. But my boy Austin Eckler, he ended up on the COVID-19 list. As uh, Matthew Barry says, uh, he was my ride or die. And, yeah, he was placed on the list yesterday. What about my New England Patriots? They had a few guys end up on the list. Yeah, Kendrick Bourne was put on there with a few other guys. Kendrick Bourne was the one big name that the Patriots really had on there. Tyler, what's that you say? Your Green Bay Packers? Well, let me find that for you. Uh, really only one name of note. They were put on a couple days ago, uh, Marquez Valdez-Scantling. He was put on the list a couple days ago, and he did. And, it, it, man, it's even cool here. It's like, did they test positive? So you guys can keep up to date with all of this stuff. The Detroit Lions. Jared Goff was put on the list a few days ago. I would get into this a whole lot more, but we really got to start getting through this stuff because remember, coming up here at uh, 2 o'clock Mountain today over on the Strong Node Twitter, we're going to do a Twitter space with a fireside chat. We're going to be talking about a lot of things in regards to Strong Node and, and uh, original gamer life and a whole lot of fun stuff over there. Um, but the COVID stuff, it's also hit in uh, soccer or football. As some Premier League uh, issues have started to affect a lot of the games. It says here, Liverpool's clash against Leeds United at Anfield on Sunday has been postponed due to COVID-19 outbreak. In the visitors' squad, the clubs have announced another Premier League, or Premier League, Boxing Day match between Watford and Wolverhampton Wanderers has been postponed as the Omicron variant engulfs England's top flight. 
Womp. Womp. And one more quick sports story here for you. We leave on a not-so-happy note. Vincent Jackson, who I loved watching play, man. That guy was awesome. Uh, the medical examiner is coming out and said that uh, he died from chronic alcohol abuse. We reported on this, I think it was last week, where we talked about that he did donate his brain, and he, I believe he had stage 2 CTE when he passed away. And it was Jackson was found dead back on February 15th in Brandon, Florida, after his family had reported him missing five days earlier and after authorities had spoken with him as part of a welfare check. He was just 38 years old. There was no cause of death was released at that time, but the autopsy report revealed that Jackson suffered from alcoholic cardiomyopathy, hepatic steatosis and fibrosis, esophageal varices, and a whole bunch of stuff that I can't pronounce. Like, holy cow. But the medical examiner found that he had a blood alcohol content of 0.28. Remember, the uh, driving limit is 0.08. So he was more than three times the legal driving. Of course, he wasn't driving. He was in his apartment, but still. So that Jackson had no alcohol-related incidents with the Buccaneers, but during his, the early part of his career with the Chargers, he was arrested twice on suspicion of DUI in 2006 and 2009 and was suspended for the first three games of the 2010 season as a result. The autopsy report also noted that Jackson suffered from stage 2 CTE, stage 4 being the most severe. And CTE can, uh, only can be diagnosed posthumously through a special autopsy. Jackson's family donated his brain to Boston University CTE Center in hopes that other families could be helped by what its researchers find. And this is something that... I believe they're starting to make links to is the CTE and it's like a lot of uh, mental uh, problems. Uh, no matter what you're going through is that a lot of people go rely on how alcohol as sort of a self-medication. I've done that. I had that problem for a while and it sucks because it, it becomes a very dark, dark hole. And I didn't play professional football and take the kind of hits that Vincent Jackson did. So hopefully one of the things that can happen out of all of this is that we can start doing the research and making sure that people are getting the help and treatment that they need uh, while they're still here. One more story. There's a gentleman. His name's Russell Dorsey. I believe that this guy, he works in Chicago, I think. So he says, Cooper Cup is the wide receiver y'all kept trying to convince us Julian Edelman was. And Julian Edelman had the perfect response to this. He did the kissy face emoji with three rings, because obviously he won three championships while he was with the New England Patriots. And then he also said, father of one and Cup's a monster. Cooper Cup, is, um, he's now the highest scoring wide receiver of all time in fantasy football. I believe he broke the record this past weekend. It's, he's been on an insane, insane tear. And these comments, that, uh, as this tweet got posted over on Reddit, it was on the Patriot subreddit, so I, me being a Patriot fan is how I stumbled into this. But then you have everybody's like, who is this guy? You know, never heard of him. And somebody immediately jumped in there as well. It said, the only reason this comparison is even being made is because they're both white, which is pretty dumb. And this, again, kind of goes back to the, you know, the whole cancel culture thing. Like, I don't think Russell Dorsey needs to be canceled in any way, shape, or form. I don't think the guy should lose his job or anything like that. But stop and think about the comparison that you're making. And stop and think about what you're doing. Because do a little role reversal, which I know when it comes to race, it's, not, it's never apples to apples. It's not. 
But if we don't have these conversations and we don't talk about these things, we don't try to figure it out, we're, we're destined to be screwed, man. And people need to be bold enough to stand up and talk about some certain things. Am I bold? Hell no. I'm a coward. I'm a turtle. I'll go stick my head in the ground like an ostrich, but I'm going to say this right now. The only way we solve it is by having a conversation. It's the only way you ever find an answer. And sometimes saying, I don't know, is a perfectly acceptable answer. But one of the other reasons I brought this up, because this did take a really funny turn. So the guy posted about how it's because they're white. Did you ever watch The League, Tyler, when it was on FX? Yes. Okay, so you, did you ever see the scene when they were talking about how um, uh, sports broadcasters use specific terms and terminology depending on a, a, an athlete's race? No, nah, I don't think I remember that one. So Andre, who is a plastic surgeon, is talking about this guy that he's bringing into his practice, and he, and he says that he's a real class act. And one of the other guys immediately chimes in and goes, oh, he's black. And he's like, what? How did you know that? And they're like, well, that's what sportcasters say about, like, a blackhead coach. He's a real class act, like Lovey Smith, real class act, stuff like that. Mike Tomlin, real class act. And they're like, oh, yeah, the, uh, the Latin baseball player, he's a firecracker. You know, it's a real spark plug. And that's exactly what these people did over on Reddit when they were talking about how this guy pointed out this comparison between Cooper Cup and, and Julian Edelman. And really, the only comparison was that they're both white. So the one says, hey, they're both the first guy in and last guy out. Real locker room presence on both guys. The next comment was blue collar, lunch pail, and bring in a thermos full of black coffee kind of guys. <laughs> Jesus Christ. And this one guy, this guy chimes in. He goes, what is a lunch pail exactly? It's a, what? It's like a lunchbox, right? Yes. Jesus watch the simpsons so he asked he's like what is a lunch pail exactly so to which somebody else responded obviously you're not a blue collar first in last out kind of guy <laughs> perfect response <laughs> but then the dude responds says i'm a stonemason like that would be blue like that's that's like the, the, almost the definition of a blue collar kind of guy right you would think so oh man But yeah, it, it really went down this whole path. But this was probably my favorite one. They're not, they're not the most naturally athletic, but they are two scrappy wideouts who really put in the work. I mean, that's it. That's the definition of what those sports broadcasters do when you're talking about that white, uh, that white wide receiver for them. All right, Tyler, are you ready? I am. Am I the a-hole? So this one obviously kind of relates to the message, the, the tweets and the videos that we had sent out when we had Kim Salzer on, the CMO of Original Gamer Life, when she was talking about how EA, 20 years ago, was working on a Harry Potter MMO, and they scrapped it because they weren't sure that Harry Potter was going to be around for more than a few years. So fire away in the Twitch chat if you would like. Am I the a-hole for telling, or for, I'm sorry, am I the a-hole? for yelling at my mom that I hate Harry Potter and to let me live my own life. Give you guys a couple of minutes to try to sit and stew on that one a little bit. Because this one almost seems too perfect. 
I know I seem to be leaning pretty heavily on the MIDA holes on this stream. If you guys don't want them, let me know. I have no problems cutting them out. I just found them interesting, especially this one. Just because Harry of... Potter, Harry Potter music for this one. Yeah. Copyright. All right, Tyler, based on the headline, what's your thought? I'm going to say no. Well, Frank agrees with you. He just chimed in in the uh, chat over there. So here's the story. As my title suggests, my mom is a huge Harry Potter nut. She and my dad actually met in a Harry Potter IRC. Like Discord, but for old people. I tried to look it up. Do you know what an IRC is, Tyler? Yes. What is it? They're still around? No, she, they, they, she says that her parents met in one. Oh, okay. Yeah, it's just like what does IRC stand for? Oh, I can't remember what it stands for, but it's basically right. it's like a chat. Like a chat room, right? All right. So it says, oh, yeah. So Okay, so they met in one in the early 2000s. Got married, had kids, and from day one decided to embarrass us for life by naming us after Harry Potter and Star Wars characters. It's honestly been hell. I have a stupid name, and since we were little, my parents have forced stuff like Harry Potter, Star Wars, Marvel movies, etc. down our throats. Everything is about dragons and magic and blah, blah, blah. I'm so sick of it. Every birthday, every holiday, everything is just organized around fandom. So just like every Christmas, the days leading up to Christmas... We have to sit down every night and watch Harry Potter movies. It's so effing boring. Had to yell that because it's in all caps. Lost my place, though. I can usually get away with knitting or drawing on my iPad during this, but this year my mom was like, let's just have a technology and distraction-free night every night. I arranged to go over to my friend Missy's house instead for, like, two nights. Missy's family is normal and likes things a normal amount. My mom got really mad and started talking about how it's a family tradition and how I'm basically rejecting her and went on her whole thing about how, quote, you wouldn't exist if it wasn't for Harry Potter. Something her mom told her. I finally had it and just yelled, nobody cares that you are a big name in the Harry Potter fan club. I don't like Harry Potter. I don't like Star Wars. I hate Marvel movies. They're all so boring. Please just let me have my own interests. I couldn't help it. I started crying because I was just so frustrated because everything always has to be about Harry Potter. Or Harry Potter this, Star Wars that, and now that we're all older, they started doing Game of Thrones. <laughs> Jesus. Everything is centered around some kind of movie or TV show or book series. Just once, I want my family to band around something that doesn't have to do with media or just or these nerdy things. We live in Utah, where we have like five national parks, and even though I ask every year for my birthday, I've never been to the Arches. Well, my sister called me saying that my mom was angry and to just come home and stop with the theatrics. I told her that I'm sick of having all these old, all this old nerd stuff crammed down my throat. And just because I want to have a normal time watching normal Christmas movies and not having to pause for lightsaber battles. <laughs> Holy crap. Am I the a-hole? 
Well, the whole point of having kids is so you can turn them into little clones of yourself, right? That's what I'm pushing for. So, the person adds here, Hey guys, I know you think you're cool or in on the joke, wink wink, when you DM me and ask me for my name, but I'm a teenage girl and that's not really how it's coming across. Please stop DMing me, I don't care. That was one of my first thoughts, is what the hell's this girl's name? Uh, for those of you telling me in DMs, IRC didn't do fandom. It was part of a live journal community. Someone in the community had a fan site they all liked. It had a chat room. I'm sure there was other stuff, too. So, ladies and gentlemen, is this kid the asshole? I mean, all teenagers are assholes, but... Uh, but, yeah. For, for this particular instance, is this kid an a-hole just for, for unleashing? Sounds like a typical teenager, really. Yeah, like revolting against the things that your parents like. Right. Twitchy Twist says, my dad named me after him and I hate it. He also says she's not the a-hole. Over on Reddit, for the, the top answer was not the a-hole. And your post is a great warning for all those people who still think about naming their kid Anakin or Khaleesi. God, remember when she, how that's, that uh, series ended? And all of a sudden it was like, oh, you named right. your kid after... <laughs> You named your kid after the uh, murderous queen. You're allowed to have your own interests and your parents aren't making life easier by forcing things they like on you. This is why I'm very careful when it comes to my kid and Star Wars or Marvel or anything like that. I don't want to push it on her to the point she hates it. I or enjoy it. and I play Among Us. She, no, she, that's, if she could play Among Us all day, she would do it. That's that's not, that has nothing to do with me. I'm giving you a hard time for trying to. <laughs> I think that's like the one thing that we both do thoroughly enjoy. Um, but no, I mean, it's just, I, I, I don't want to, I, I just, I don't want to push it on her. I, I wanted to, I wanted to, I wanted to like the things that she likes because she likes them. Not because I like them, not because her mom likes them. And I also try to be adamant about that with her when it comes to her friends as well. Don't like this just because your friends like it. Like it because you like it. Oh, and then uh, this person who also said that uh, it's a warning for people who name their kids Anakin or Khaleesi. They said, edit, RIP my inbox. I had no idea Anakin was such a popular name. Oh, no. Jesus. It does look like most people in here are saying that not the a-hole for this girl. I feel bad for anybody named Anakin. <laughs> Some, this, this is a brilliant one. person said they quoted... They quoted her post where they said, IRC, like Discord, but for old people. And they put right underneath it said, listen here, you little shit. <laughs> I mean. But then they put pretty, not the a-hole afterwards. Yeah, and they put not the a-hole afterwards. So, yeah, I don't think she's the a-hole. You know, it's it's one of the parts of being parent. Like, that's, I anticipate this. I think it hit a little bit earlier with my kid than I thought. I was thinking 13, 14 years old where she's just naturally going to stop. Or not stop, but but just not like things that we're into or, or, you know, specifically not liking things just because we like it. It happened with my kid. She got all upset because my wife and I kept talking about Spider-Man No Way Home. And she was like, oh, would you two stop with it? Go to your room. You're grounded for a week. I want to talk about Spider-Man No Way Home. I'm going to talk about it, damn it. We're going to enjoy it. I'm excited because my wife loved it. But anyway, there's your MI the a-hole. And she's not the a-hole. All right, 
Final topic. My favorite Christmas movie. We got to get through this really quick because in about a half an hour, we're going to have that fireside chat over on the Strong Node Twitter. It's Strong Node and Original Gamer Life. We're going to be talking about all the cool stuff we have coming up. So let's get through this. We have some facts about Christmas Vacation. My favorite Christmas movie. There's a lot of really good ones out there. We watched Home Alone last week, which is hilarious. But here's some of your facts about uh, Christmas Vacation with your uh, the Griswold family. I still haven't watched it this year. One of the facts here, it's one of uh, only two Christmas movies that were released in 1989. Was it released around Christmas? Because I know there was a thing where they didn't always, like, I think Miracle on 34th Street came out in, like, June or something like that. National Lampoon's Christmas Vacation. When was it released? December 1st, 1989. All right, so it was right around Christmas. I remember seeing it in the movie theater. Yeah, one of the things that happens in here is Audrey is miraculously older than Rusty in both the original Vacation and European Vacation. Rusty is believed to be the older of the two Griswold children. In Christmas Vacation, Rusty somehow morphs into Audrey's younger brother. That's Johnny Galecki. And as we go back to how there was only two Christmas movies released in 1989, there was Christmas Vacation, and then there was another movie called Prancer. Guess what? Johnny Galecki was in both of those movies. He ended up, uh, he was also in Roseanne, Big Bang Theory. Did you know that there are ties to It's a Wonderful Life in Christmas Vacation? What are those? Well, yeah, they're obviously clip. Remember when uh, it's the grandparents show up? I think it's when the grandparents, no, I think it's watching the parade. I can't remember specifically, but... It's, they, they have the clip of every time a bell rings, an angel gets its wings. That's on the TV that they're watching. Oh. Like it says here, in addition to the footage from the Frank Capra classic actually appearing in the film, Christmas Vacation has another fun tie to It's a Wonderful Life. Frank Capra's grandson, Frank Capra III, is Christmas Vacation's assistant director. There was also something I saw earlier. You know how, and again, I've never seen It's a Wonderful Life. But apparently there's um, there's a scene. Uh, remember when Clark, he's, uh, the thing on the stairs is wobbling. Is it a null post, whatever the hell he calls it? And he ends up sawing it off. Well, apparently that is also similar to something that happens in um, It's a Wonderful Life as well. Tyler, you've seen it. You know what I'm talking about? Uh, yeah, I don't. Like essentially, he's. I think he's. And it's a wonderful life. He's complaining about how it's loose constantly, and at the end, he realizes, oh, "Oh, it's not that big a deal. Yeah. The director of Christmas Vacation had never seen any of the two previous Vacation movies. At the time, the movie had a gigantic budget, uh, particularly for a comedy, a $27 million budget to be exact, which was particularly high considering that the film had no special effects, like Ghostbusters, which had a budget of $30 million. 
but it had no trouble making its budget back. The film's final domestic gross was more than $70 million. Roger Ebert didn't love the film. Though it became a bona fide holiday classic, not everyone was a fan of Christmas Vacation. In his two-star review of the film, Roger Ebert described the movie as, quote, curious in how close it comes to delivering on its material. Sequence after sequence seems to contain all the necessary material to be well on the way toward a payoff, and then it somehow doesn't work. Loose banister knob. There you go. Did you know they did a sequel? Christmas Vacation 2? I don't think I ever saw that. National Lampoon's Christmas Vacation 2, Cousin Eddie's Island Adventure. And they brought back Randy Quaid. It's currently rocking about a 12% approval rating over on Rotten Tomatoes. Probably why I never saw it. Audrey was the only Griswold ch uh, child to appear in Christmas Vacation 2. Audrey is also the only member of the movie that I have met in real life. I got to hang out with uh, Juliette Lewis. Cool chick, man. Did you know that Cousin Eddie is based on a real guy? Oh, my God. So. He'd have to be. You can't make somebody up like yeah. that. Quaid borrowed many of Cousin Eddie's mannerisms from a guy he knew growing up in Texas. Most notably, his tendency toward tongue-clicking but Eddie's sweater dicky combo, that was an original from Quaid's wife. When I was younger, and we would always do Christmas Eve with my dad's side, like the extended side of the family. So this is when you were t getting to my dad's uh, cousins and stuff like that. That was a pretty big, pretty big amount of people. Of course, then I moved to El Paso. I realized it wasn't that big by comparison. Um, but... I, like there's all these other family members that I'd never really heard about because I think they were down in Southern Oregon and my dad told me he's like there's some members of the family that if they because we were, we were talking I was like do, do people have family members like Uncle Eddie or Cousin Eddie and they're like oh yeah and that's when my dad clued me in on the family where he was like yeah there's some members if they were to show up and ask to stay the night at our house he goes I would not let them in old Clark Griswold though uh, Apparently was perfectly uh, fine allowing uh, Cousin Eddie in. Did you know, this is one I've known for a while. Did you know that the lady that plays Aunt Bethany, she was also the voice of Betty Boop? She began her career as the voice of Betty Boop back in 1931. She eventually passed away at the age of 89 in January of 1998. says here, Bethany and Lewis's entrance made the earth move. At the same time, the production filmed the arrival of Uncle Lewis and Aunt Bethany at the Griswold home. A minor earthquake struck. The camera shakes slightly as a result as a result of it as Bethany walks through the front door. I'm going to have to check that out uh, when I'm watching it here before Christmas in a couple of days. She wrapped up her damn cat. Such a good movie. The movie ended up going straight to video over in England. Gosh, I'm trying to pick through these here because we got to start wrapping this thing up. 
God, you know that they did a uh, an updated uh, in 2012. I think they did this kind of internet only thing for the vacation movies. It had it had Chevy Chase and Beverly D'Angelo. And then, of course, they also had the vacation movie that had um, it starred Ed Helms, Andy from The Office. Beverly D'Angelo improvised a risque sight gag for the SWAT team segment. Do you know which uh, sight gag that was, Tyler? Nope. So you notice when they say freeze, her hands on his junk, right on his crotch. And she actually, she... Uh, goes to shake the hand she's, she's like uh, you know welcome to our home and then she puts her hand right back on on Clark's package and your final one for today Johnny Galecki got a big scene cut from the movie and he still regrets it Clark and Rusty share a heartfelt chat in both of the previous vacation movies yet in Christmas vacation they don't really get one which is interesting, because they do have the whole moment where they're trying to set up the Christmas lights. Oh, little knot here. A dialogue-driven man-to-man scene written by John Hughes never made it into the final shooting script. On the set, Ch- uh, Chase wanted to film the scene anyway, but Johnny Galecki felt differently. They asked what I thought, and I said, I don't think there's any point. I literally talked myself out of what could have been a classic scene with Chevy Chase. Now I realize the error of my ways. I still kick myself in the ass for this every day. And don't forget the rubber sheets and the gerbils, everybody. But on that note, we do have to wrap up this episode. We're going to be heading over to uh, Twitter. Go to the Strong Node Twitter. We're going to have a bunch of the big names, a bunch of the uh, really smart people from Strong Node and Original Gamer Life. Tyler's brother, Brandon, he's going to be over there and uh, just talking about all things. I'll be over there as well. So come join us, won't you? I think we're going to try to play some games tomorrow. Again, I'm going to, tr- I'm going to download Halo to my PC because I've, I've been so console dependent. I've really got to work on my PC game here. It's very frustrating with that toolbox, and it takes two. But make sure you head on over to Twitter. You can go to Original Gamer Life over there. That's where I'm going to be posting a lot of the polls and things like that. So you guys can get involved in the conversation. And uh, Instagram, you want to check me out, go to at the real Brandalorian. You can always shoot me a message over there if there's anything you want. Go to the Beard Struggle. Use promo code Brandalorian. You'll get yourself a nice discount if you're looking for beard products this holiday season. Oils, shampoos, gel. I mean, it's all kinds of good stuff. And I mean good stuff. I've gone through a ton of different beard products. And the, one of the reasons I stuck with Beard Struggle is because it's... No, the reason is because it's the best one. Tyler, any parting words? Uh, no, just thanks for tuning in, everybody. Check us out on YouTube, too. Like, subscribe, do all the things. Yeah, if you ever miss a live Donate. show and you just want to go back and watch some clips of one, you're more than welcome to do that by heading over to uh, YouTube. Tyler chops all those things up. He loads them up over there. And we can check all that uh, the fun stuff out. Nice little uh, short little segments for you. As long as I'm not rambling. 
But on that note, have yourselves a fantastic day. Uh, we should be on tomorrow during the day sometime playing some games. Have a, have a fantastic Christmas Eve Eve, everybody. Bum, 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 bum,